Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the elder and disability law firm of Victoria L. Collier. Hello, and welcome to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the elder and disability law firm of Victoria L. Collier. I am your host, Victoria Collier. Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading age boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. And today, in recognition and in celebration of the holiday season, we will be discussing how do we protect and take care of our seniors over the holidays? And our guest speaker is Michael Johnson with Meta Johnson Associates. And uh, welcome, Michael. Thank you. It's great to be here, Victoria. Great. So, Michael, tell me what your role is for Meta Johnson and Associates and what kind of business is that? Well, I am a licensed clinical social worker and a certified aging life care manager, formerly known as geriatric care management. And um, our role as geriatric care managers is really um, more easily broken down to and what we don't do. But the purpose of our work is to help seniors and their families navigate um, senior health care, help them make informed decisions um, to address whatever unique needs they may have. And that may be something as simple as day-to-day concerns or something more complex as the um, client may have many multiple health conditions and kind of having that consultant by your side to be with you every step of the way. So can you give us an example of what a care manager might do when someone calls you and says, I've got this mother that's at home and I don't know what to do. I think Mm -hmm. she needs help, but I don't feel qualified or I'm out of state. You know, Mm -hmm. I need some guidance. What do I do? Absolutely. Well, the first thing is we kind of might ask, what has prompted this call? Have you seen something or noticed something um, that you think, why you think your mother may not have the capacity to make these decisions or need some extra help? A lot of the times, unfortunately, we get calls when mom has fallen and broken a hip and she's in the hospital and um, she needs to go into rehab for a few days, where should we send her? And then what is it going to look like when she gets back home? That's more of a crisis scenario. Um, But in the previous one where someone may call and they're just looking for guidance, um, oftentimes when people become caregivers for their parents, it's the first time they've ever really been a caregiver before. Um, a lot of times they may receive guidance from friends or coworkers um, saying, well, with my dad, I did this. But what we know from our work is that everyone's scenario is very unique and um, what's going to work for someone uh, may not work well for someone else. And, and so, much of that is because of everybody's personalities and families absolutely. are very different. And the relationships they have with their family members are different. Absolutely. And so, while they may both have a broken hip, for example, mm-hmm. how everyone responds, reacts, and then finds a solution could be different. Absolutely. And that's part of kind of what highlights the way that care management approaches our work is that we broke it down, break it down between the medical issues, uh, the social issues, as well as spiritual issues. So it's not that we look at one little um, component of someone's care is we really integrate it all. Um, And I like to add to that. So at Meta Johnson Associates, we have nine care managers 
Um, two of us are clinical social workers like myself and the rest are RNs. So it's usually what you um, may find when you look for a care manager is either a nurse or a clinical social worker. Which really sets you apart from many of the companies that essentially provide guidance to families of seniors mm -hmm. because they themselves went through it with their mother. Mm -hmm. And so they feel qualified to help so many other people because they mm -hmm. went through it themselves, uh, but they're not necessarily RN. They're not necessarily social, social workers. Correct. Um, and as you said, you know, just because there's, you know, scenario worked out one way for them doesn't mean that's how everybody else's would be. Mm -hmm. Is there actually a national organization of social workers or national organization of geriatric care managers? Yes, there is the National um, Association of Aging Life Care Managers. Um, and if you Google that, you'll find right at the top um, our website and it does allow you to search by zip code for care managers in the area. And it does tell you their backgrounds, um, their degrees and their certifications. So that would be very helpful if, for example, people did have the need and they didn't know who to go to. Mm -hmm. But even more importantly, if they had family members out of state, yes. they want to bring them into DeKalb County, um, maybe aligning with a care manager out of state to make that transition smooth mm -hmm. and then having one right here uh, to, you know, pass the baton, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. We do that. I just did it a couple of months ago with a client who um, they had kind of like that scenario. I said before um, she had gotten real sick. She went into rehab in the facility and they had been anticipating moving out of state. And they kind of used that as the time to say, well, a change is being made. So let's let's make this move now. And we're able to locate somebody in Florida and um, get them connected. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, and this is Victoria Collier speaking with Michael Johnson from Meta Associates, Meta Johnson and Associates, and we are talking about caregiving over the holidays. And one of the things you mentioned, Michael, is that uh, seven out of the nine uh, geriatric care managers or life care planners that work with Meta Johnson and Associates, um, seven out of the nine are registered nurses. Mm -hmm. Now, it seems to me that that would um, be helpful in that while y'all can't provide medical advice, um, that you would be able to look at someone's medical records and see mm -hmm. if they were, I don't know, getting the right medication, if there was mm -hmm. something causing some of their behavior changes or some of their cog some of their physical decline. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can always, you know, go to the doctor and um, or communicate with the doctor and say, hey, we've been noticing at home that Miss Smith um, is having a lot more depressive symptoms. And so when the doctor has the information that we are able to assess and then communicate to them, they can make those changes. Um, and a lot of times um, doctors and other medical providers really do, they're receptive to our feedback and our guidance. Um, I think sometimes because I know we have that clinical training and background, whereas a family member might struggle saying, hey doc, I really think that mom might need an increase or a change they can tend to be dismissive to what they might call, quote, lay people. Well, and also um, that's true. And also lay people, family members are around their family mm -hmm. so much. It's kind of like I don't see my five-year-old getting taller. Sure. You know, we don't see our seniors decline as rapidly as maybe they are because we see it every day and we're used to it. We become numb mm -hmm. to it, you know, kind of mm -hmm. thing. Whereas a neutral third party coming in on a regular basis, but not daily, mm -hmm. would see those declines faster. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
And I think this is a great segue in talking about, you know, during the holidays when we come to meet our family members, maybe we haven't seen them for a while if we're going out of town um, to visit them. And really, especially with issues such as dementia or Alzheimer's, um, some of those symptoms, um, when people begin to experience them, they often try to mask them, pass it off as being forgetful. And a lot of times when we come into the picture, if it's later in the story, you know, family members may feel upset saying, you know, I saw this and I didn't know what it was. And that's the kind of added benefit that we have is that we know, no, this isn't just forgetfulness. We're able to use assessment tools to determine there is a little bit more going on um, than what one might expect normally. Well, and forgetfulness, uh, or I should say dementia, Mm -hmm. is not the typical sign of aging. Exactly. I mean, it's an illness. um, Yes because we all forget things. Exactly. Um, So it's knowing the difference between the two Mm -hmm. and then being able to get those resources and get assistance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So these are the holidays. And, um, you know, we, as a matter of course, when we're not saying Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah, we say Happy Holidays. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet it's not always happy for people, is it? Tell me some scenarios where, uh, for our seniors specifically, that maybe maybe they're just holidays. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, sometimes when families, you know, they may be traveling for the holidays and uh, they, their mother that they usually take with them on their trip, they may not be able to take anymore because of impaired mobility or just a whole lot of medical issues. And that can be really difficult to navigate sometimes. And coming up with new ways of doing traditions can be very important. Um, so that's one of the things we see a lot of the times. And so people often are alone who had not been alone before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, family members feel guilt when they can't be there. Sure, sure. Um, I know that our office uh, sends out Thanksgiving cards. Um, and I got a response from one of my clients last mm-hmm. month that basically said, paraphrased, thank you so much for thinking of me after I just moved here to Atlanta and I'm all alone. You know, oh, it was so nice mm-hmm. to know that you're thinking about me. Mm-hmm. And I feel that that's probably how so many of our seniors do feel. Mm-hmm. Even if they've moved into town to be near their family, that doesn't yeah. mean they're actually with their family. That's very true. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times their family members might have their full-time job. They might have kids, which is another full-time job. <laughs> and, you know, it, it can be hard um, even when someone's right down the street to really take and spend that time. And many of our seniors... Um, have moved, or even if they haven't moved, they've been living here forever, but it may Mm -hmm. also be their first holiday without a spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that my dad passed away in January of 2013, and Mm. that year, it was very difficult for my mother especially, but certainly all of us, Mm -hmm. Um, but my mom spending Christmas day, you know, without my dad at the house. Yeah. Yeah. I, in my former life, um, career, I was, uh, worked as a hospice social worker. And so I've integrated that into this work and that, for example, I had a client and I kind of followed up with them, um, in the year after my client, he passed away and just checking in right before anniversaries, for example, his birthday, um, the anniversary of his wedding, uh, his wife, um, who is still living. Uh, and so it's just, it really enriches the work and, and helps us remember that we're working with people. That's my focus is this is a, a person that I'm sitting across from and trying to help. And that's a little different from, from being a social worker versus like mm-hmm. an RN because, uh, 
ICRNs, and maybe rightfully or wrongfully, I'm not sure, more clinical, whereas social mm-hmm. workers are more hands-on. Is mm-hmm. that accurate assessment? Or It can be. It just really depends on the setting. You know, sometimes if a social worker has worked a lot as a hospital discharge planner, their face-to-face time with their clients is really minimal, and they're doing a lot of paperwork. So that can be challenging. I think the work of both nurses and social workers are so varied. If you ever sit across from someone and they say, I'm a social worker, I'm a nurse, I would follow that up with, well, what kind of work do you do? Because it really doesn't say much when you say that title, just as if you were to sit across from a doctor, they might be a cardiologist or a pediatrician or who knows. For that matter, a lawyer like myself. There you go. Yeah, you're a lawyer. I need to have a divorce. So not going to happen here. (laughs) So yeah. And speaking of that, I am a lawyer. I do elder care. And so we see these issues all the time and we have, we gladly rely on um, geriatric care managers uh, regularly. And so one of the things that you assist with, um, especially during the holidays, is um, when our family members visit the senior citizens, Mm -hmm. you know, it may be the first time that they're noticing that there's a decline. Mm -hmm. And so um, when that happens, they may, may, may want to make an immediate Mm -hmm. action, you know, Mm -hmm. and come in and start taking charge and taking away all authority and even uh, decision-making from the senior itself. Mm -hmm. Um, What steps do you take to kind of slow that down, uh, but yet Mm. allow for appropriate measures? Yeah, absolutely. That can be one of the hardest things. Um, And a lot of times it's just about education and talking with the family one-on-one, you know, empathizing with them that yes, you know, we would want your mom to take all of her medications as prescribed. Um, At the same time, one of our highest ethical standards is the empowerment and advocacy for the wishes of the clients. And that is whatever their wishes may be, unless of course they wish to harm themselves or someone else. Um, And then we can kind of help assess if maybe later down the line, a guardianship is necessary if they are unable to make decisions for themselves. But as you know, that can be a sticky widget. Um, And I think most people think guardianship should be in place long before they really should be in place. I've had family members come to me and say, oh, well, we want to do guardianship because, you know, mom really needs to be in assisted living, but she won't move. So we think she doesn't have the because. rationalization. And right. and that's not the case a lot of the times. <laughs> and we often find ourselves saying, you know, I, I wish something different for your mom as well. But above all, I wish for her to maintain her independence as long as possible. And many people even have powers of attorney, um, but they don't know how to utilize them. So they Correct. rush to the court system guardianship, which is a lot of cost, a lot of time, and a lot of times unnecessary. Yes. Um, so education sounds very important. What kind of education can caregivers get about uh, their senior, their family members as they're declining? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of stuff out there on the internet, luckily, but that can be hit or miss, of course. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Alzheimer's.org, especially for um, issues around memory and that kind of thing, has a lot of helpful information. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of the times our role as care managers when we come into the picture um, is about um, being that neutral third party and help helping to clearly assess and understand um, is it really reasonable for mom to be missing a couple of medications during a week? 
you know, um, do we need to take more stringent steps around that um, and providing that kind of professional guidance and showing what the alternative may look like if the family is really adamant about something as strong as guardianship um, and saying, you know, um, even if you get that, do you think your mom's going to do exactly what you want her to do? Right. Um, you still have to maintain that relationship um, with the senior citizen. And kind of going back to what I said before, one of our highest ethical standards is the advocacy and empowerment of the senior themselves. And we are, the the senior is our client. Um, we do, we advocate for them what is best for them. So sometimes if a family member wanted a, a specific answer from us and we aren't able to get it, that can, you know, require some, um, you know, rapport and um, building on that. Well, and I would imagine that when the family member is the one who potentially reached out to you, hired you, maybe even paying you, yeah. um, and now for whatever reason, it's not going exactly the way they wanted, they might want to fire you. Yeah. Um, and so I had a client last week that I was meeting with. I had met with um, her daughter a couple of weeks beforehand, and we had talked in general terms as far as what a good estate plan may consist of. And we had decided on something that we thought would be great for mom, and um, which included a revocable trust, uh, wherein the daughter would be the trustee. Mm -hmm. And there was some potential financial exploitation issues with another uh, distant family relative. Mm -hmm. And uh, so mom comes in, because of course I have to meet with mom. She is who I consider my client as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so she comes in, we go over the entire plan with her and she says, yes, I think that looks like a lovely plan, but why can't I be the trustee, meaning herself? Huh. And I said, you absolutely can be the trustee um, if you're still managing your finances and feel that you can. And I've spent, you know, a considerable amount of time with you right now. And, and I find that you are, at least in my legal opinion, competent. Um, and so, yes. And then, of course, I talked about all the other options. You can be the trustee by yourself mm -hmm. or you can have your daughter be co-trustee with you. Mm -hmm. So it's a smoother transition if necessary during disability. Or we can just start with a daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, no, I think I'll do it by myself. Mm -hmm. So we're good with that. But, you know, I can see the daughter peering at me like, what right. just happened here? <laughs> yeah, that happens. And yeah, it does happen. Um but, you know, as long as the person's able to take care of themselves um, and they do have legal capacity, mm -hmm. uh, then they, as you said, the goal is to maintain independence as long as possible, mm -hmm. but then have those documents in place. So when they do, if they do lose mm -hmm. that ability, then we've got the backups mm -hmm. and it's a difficult dance, uh, but can be a beautiful dance as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I think a lot of the times when we get in there, when you get in there, when care managers get in there and we're able to kind of help answer these questions and be this neutral third party, the family members get to be family again, rather than being, I, you know, the caregiver or the person managing the finances, the accountant. The bully. Right. The bully you know? <laughs> for sure. It's like, okay, I'll put on my bully hat today. Well, right. I, I don't have a very rough bully hat. <laughs> right. Um, you are listening to Victoria Collier with Senior Salute Radio, and we are talking about how to notice and take care of seniors during the holidays. And we are speaking with Michael Johnson, a social worker with Meta Johnson and Associates. And Michael, what are some of the things that our family members should be looking for when they visit mm -hmm. their senior parents or spouses or sure. anything over the holidays? 
Um, well, when going into their homes, you may see, you know, more clutter than might be usual, um, disorganization. Um, you know, if you receive or note the person's, person's mail, you know, missed bills, late bills, things that um, they were usually on top of and aren't anymore. Um, you know, noticing is the garbage getting taken out? Is the kitchen as organized or disorganized as it has always been? Um, noticing these changes is really what um, will help show uh, any kind of differences in what's going on cognitively. So what I think you just heard is if the kitchen's always been messy right. and it's still messy, right. that's not a change in behavior. Right. Okay. This is very true. <laughs> yeah. I always have to ask, has it always been this way? Yes. Okay. <laughs> then not as concerned. Okay. All right. Yeah. So looking for changes mm-hmm. and that's outward changes mm-hmm. as far as environment, mm-hmm. uh, probably also looking for safety issues such mm-hmm. as, you know, are there rugs on the ground, uh, fire entrance, you know, yeah. a clear path to the door if there's a fire, things like that? Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the quick fixes that I often recommend are, you know, I don't know if I can do a commercial, but those systems, I yes, guess, life alert systems, that kind of thing, where um, the person might have a call button. And there are those out there now that actually, um, when it's on, the person has a motion detector. So if the person falls, and they're unconscious, it still detects it. They don't have to press the button. Um, And that can be a really helpful tool um, for a lot of our seniors. Um, And, you know, like you said, those kind of safety hazards can be really surprising, especially if our seniors are living in homes that were built in the 1920s. Um, I have a lady who lives home alone and she has a life alert system and she didn't come to the door one day and um, we had a little lockbox. We used a lockbox with a code to unlock the door, um, but it was still locked. Her door has a lock from the inside that does not have an exterior keyhole. And I think, I don't know if it's specific to Atlanta, but I've noticed I have some other clients here in Decatur, and I've noticed this on several different doors. And it's pretty problematic when, if the person has been injured and you're trying to get in, yeah, the emergency response people will bust down that door. Well, not to mention if there's a fire inside or something right. and you can't yeah. find the key, you can't right. get out. <laughs> well, a lot of these are actually locked latches. It's not like a key from oh, the inside. Okay. It's like a little so a knob bolt, to turn. but without the key. Yes, but that's the other problem yes. I see is that when I was visiting someone the other day and the um, client wanders and might go out the door and wander into the street. So she keeps her, she locks, deadbolts the door and then keeps the keys on her. But again, if it's the middle of the night and you don't know where your keys are, so there are systems that you can buy. They can run maybe up ninety, dollars $120 that you can replace your whole deadbolt system and have a, a padded entry where you enter a code and the door will unlock or lock from both sides. So that can be helpful too. And that can be very helpful. But, um, you know, what I was going to ask you next is what kind of signs do we look for as far as cognitive mm-hmm. decline? And certainly yeah. I would think a keypad to try to get out of my house if sure. I had some memory loss might be a, an issue. Right. That would only be if they <laughs> so. have a caregiver or to let okay. somebody inside from the outside that <laughs> needs to. Um, well, you know, it can be hard because, yes, m- there is a very minimal increase of memory loss over time. Um, so to say memory loss, <laughs> people can really take it and run with it and they get very worried. Um, but it's more of if you're having, 
you know, if a conversation can only go five minutes before you have to start over. So um, repeated questions. Right. Where are we going? Who who are we going to? Um, complete disorientation to what date it is. Um, maybe season is more drastic. Because um, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I mean, when I take vacation, I never know what date yes. it is, you know, and I can't imagine how seniors ever could know what right. date it is, you know, yeah. or even for that matter, what day of the week. Exactly. You know, but That's seasons, I definitely would get seasons. Yeah. But for something like um, remarkable, like Christmas Day, you know, if you're driving to the Christmas celebration that day and the person is unable to know where, where are we going? Um, what is it, this for? Right. What is this for? And one of the things, too, about the memory impairment, it starts strangely with the most recent memory. So things you say, you know, mom, this is the doctor's phone number. And then immediately she can't, you know, remember it. Um, mom will always or for a very long time be able to remember her cousin Sally that, you know, she knew when she was 15, but really hasn't seen since then. I've had family members tell me before they can't have dementia. They can remember something from when they were in grade school. Sure. But it, unfortunately, it re- works in the reverse order. Right. Um, so that's what you look for. So really, um, you just memory loss of recent mm-hmm. events, recent new knowledge, basically mm-hmm. new knowledge. Mm-hmm repeating themselves, asking mm-hmm. questions, not being oriented to season, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And also um, there tends to be um, more anxiety, worry. It can go into when it's more extreme, kind of a paranoia, like I'm worried so-and-so is taking my money. I'm worried that, you know, when I'm sleeping at night, I think the neighbor's kids are taking my car out for a joyride. Or someone's These, looking in the windows. Yeah. Okay. And, and that can be something as well. Um, Well, Michael, um, how can people get in touch with Meta Johnson and Associates if they feel that they do need a care manager to help guide them with outlying a plan Mm -hmm. as to how to efficiently and, you know, supportively take care of a loved one? Yeah, absolutely. Well, our website is metajohnson.com and that's M-E-T-T-A. Um, that's Meta's first name, the CEO of our company. And um, the number to call is um, 404-402-6027. Um, and, you know, we start with our comprehensive assessment. And that is looking at every single dynamic, really. Um, so it's not an a la carte thing. And the reason we don't do it that way is because we have found we may be called in for one concern. And if we were to just do that one concern, we would miss perhaps the roots that are causing that issue to come up, or we might miss something that, you know what, this isn't a concern now, but six months from now, a year from now, this could be a problem. Um, so it's, so the first step is to call. And mm-hmm. what is that number again? 404-402-6027. And then a comprehensive assessment would be done, yes. which could outline what's necessary now and mm-hmm. what potentially would be necessary in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, wonderful. What I just, the last question I have for you is mm-hmm. what stands Meta Johnson Associates apart from other agencies that mm-hmm. do something similar, but very different? Sure. Um, I think one of the things that sets us apart from is that a lot of our care managers have a whole lot of experience, decades of experience in this line of work. Um, additionally, um, we tend to take higher acuity cases. And at times we do serve as guardians um, for clients when that is appropriate. So yeah, we take the more um, 
easy cases of, hey, help us find a good assisted living facility to this person has no one to care from them and they have no capacity. We need someone to be that person. And and I've known so your mom for several, several years and have the yes. highest respect for her, um, Meta Johnson. And But tell me a little bit, um, you know, her background. She started mm-hmm. the first hospice in Atlanta, didn't Correct. she? Correct. Yeah. Yes. The first AIDS hospice, like, I guess in 1988 or so. It's on the website. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And as a kid, I kind of was inducted to it, you know, showing up to the hospice and talking to the patients and having those conversations with friends, parents, and they would say, what do your parents do? And I would say, oh, they have an AIDS hospice in downtown Atlanta. And they would get quiet. So, but I'm a kid and precocious, so I just keep on going on about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, and Clyde was, a, I believe, CFO at Georgia Baptist, which is now Atlanta Medical Center, I believe. So Clyde Johnson met his husband. Correct. And he's our CFO um, and helps with daily money management, all that kind of stuff. He was a CPA. Mm-hmm, and correct. so he's highly qualified that when seniors decline in so many ways, both physically and cognitively, one of the first things that goes, as you said, is the bills are not getting paid. Yeah. And while family members can come in and do that sometimes, like you said, it changes the nature of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you've got siblings fighting over trust and are you doing the right thing? Are you taking the money? Mm-hmm. It's so nice to put that in a professional's hands yeah. so that everybody feels neutral and it's taken care of. And Absolutely. so Meta Johnson and Associates can take care of that as well. Yeah, and that's another one of our unique things. Well, the one thing I know that's unique is that everybody that I've met with that works with Meta Johnson and Associates has passion and sees Thank that you. there's people first, not problems first. Absolutely. Families see problems, you guys see people, and Mm -hmm. solutions. And so thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, and this was our holiday session, and specifically about how we note and take care of seniors during the holidays. And I would just like to close by saying that when we visit our family members or when we call them when we can't visit, if their voice isn't as peppy as it used to be, or if they do seem down, It could be seasonal and it could be because of the holidays and we need to recognize and respect that. But it could also be the sign of a larger issue and that issue being either depression, which is often misdiagnosed in seniors, um, or it could be decline of other ways. And so we we encourage you to reach out to your family and um, really pay attention to them over the holidays, but always. Uh, but certainly certainly over the holidays. And um, thank you so much for being here. You have been listening to Senior Salute Radio, and we bring timely information for leading age boomers. And it is available 24-7 online at Business Radio X, DeCap. And um, I want to thank our listeners. We salute you.